Hi all, welcome back to another podcast and today we're doing one on Liverpool. I've got my dad on, Carl, today. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks Josh. Uh, really appreciate you asking me to be on this cast today. Yeah, so um, you've been a fan for many, many years. When did you start supporting Liverpool? Uh, around about the 70s when I just started to get into football. Um, yeah, I've supported them through all the, uh, the glory years as well as the tough years recently. Um, and I'm still a, an avid supporter, still passionate. Yeah, so um, this has been this is going to be the sixth year in charge for Jurgen Klopp. You've obviously got one Premier League title, which came after many many years. But last season was the lowest to- points total since the first season, and people would argue that wasn't up to the standards of the previous two seasons where you hit ninety plus points. What were your thoughts on last season? Um. Yeah, of course. I mean, it was a difficult year for, for, for all teams, really. Um, with COVID, I'm not using COVID as an excuse, but obviously the absence of fans um, not making Anfield the fortress that it, that it has been. Um, so quite a few things. And we had obviously a lot of injuries. I mean, I, I never like to go on about those, but when you've got big injuries to big players like Van Dijk and Fabinho, Henderson... Tiago, even uh, Sadio Mane uh, was injured for a, for a period. Alisson, um, you know, it's going to affect the shape and the rhythm of the team. Um, but I thought we started the season quite well, our yeah. first 12 games or so, and then we ended the season pretty well. So it's only in between and we, we, we managed, we did okay. Yeah, so um, you're actually top at Christmas and I remember... There was a bit of a drubbing at Crystal Palace uh, after that with a 7-0 win for Liverpool. Um, but yeah, obviously, as you mentioned, the Van Dijk injury was probably the, the key injury that unravelled um, what was on course to be another successful season. Um, and whilst Fabinho was able to fill in at centre-back, having deputised there in previ- previous seasons, and even at Stamford Bridge last season, he played there next to Van Dijk, um, ended up with Klopp having to take a key cog out of the midfield Um, and when Fabinho in fact returned to the midfield later in the season as you mentioned you won eight of your last eight games so what are your thoughts on Fabinho I'm sure you're a big fan I'm a massive fan of Fabinho I think when he first came into the team um, he did struggle a little bit getting to know the system and obviously he was coming into uh, a team which was um, pretty 75% there but um, he's very versatile. I remember at Monaco, he actually played at right back for the majority of his uh, time. He was at Real Madrid um, and at Anfield, at Liverpool, he's um, seamlessly switched into that uh, central defensive midfield role. And he offers so much more. Yeah, when he went back into defence, he, he did what he needed to do. And, um, you know, I, I just love the guy. I think uh, any team should be based around a player of that quality. And in, in spite of all your injuries, there was one seven two drubbing which sticks to mind. Um, all your players were involved there, Van Dijk, Gomez, etc. What went wrong? Are you talking about Villa? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> um, 
That was a tough one to take. Uh, it was a bizarre game, really, because I remember um, they had so many chances, Villa, but we had a few chances as well. I mean, the game could actually have ended up 10-8 or something. Um, it was just one of those freak matches where everything they hit, struck, attempted, either went into goal or, or the goalie had to make a safe. And, um, you know, Barkley, I mean, I've never really seen him play a good game, but on that day he was uh, untouchable. Yeah, um, obviously, I think after that Palace game, as I mentioned, your finishing sort of flatline, you weren't able to be as lethal in front of goal as you have been in previous seasons. Just looking at the expected goal stats, so in the 2019-20 season, you were expected to score 69.3 goals, and you in fact managed to score 80, which suggests that you had some great finishes in your team, obviously, Salah, Mane and Firmino would chip in with a few goals, but last season you were in fact predicted to score more goals, 69.6 expected goals, and you underperformed and scored 62. What went wrong last season? You've, you've got to remember when you when you lose a lot of key players in key positions, you know, it changes the dynamics of the team. Uh, I think Mo was an outstanding performer last year. Um, uh, and Sadio Mane, who for me is, you know, probably the best player at the club, in my eyes, um, he had a very indifferent season. You know, he, he would miss so many chances, uh, very much unlike him. And uh, Bobby, for some reason, was was very withdrawn last year. You know, his personality didn't shine. Yes, he does. He did everything that Klopp loves him doing, you know, tracking back and defending and uh, being the link between the mid and the striker, but he just wasn't scoring the goals. And you can't keep on depending on those front three as magic as they are individually and together. Um, you've got to have um, players in reserve and we did go out and buy Diego, Diogo Jota but um, he was injured as well. Yeah so Jota's signing is actually the first time I'd say for a long time you've put pressure on that front three and yeah Mane as you said underperformed um, especially in scoring goals and this is compared to previous seasons where he outperformed his expected data which suggests that the finishing last season just wasn't there. And he also suffered from poor passing. I just looked into some stats and percentile rankings, turning over the ball way too much. Completion rate for passing was just not there either. But he seems to have worked on it this pre-season has looked sharp. So I expect him to bounce back to his best. Yeah, definitely. I've seen him uh, in pre-season. I've seen uh, Mo in pre-season, who's hit the ground running from day one. Uh, Bobby Firmino was uh, playing for Brazil out in uh, Copper and uh, he's he's come back and he's looking sharp. Uh, Jota's got a couple of pre-season goals. So yeah, our front four uh, is looking good. It's looking ominous. Um, I would still like them to perhaps add another striker to the ranks, uh, maybe an out-and-out -out sort of striker. Uh, but obviously... As you're going to discuss later, we, we don't have the funds at present, so we're going to have to make do with these four, but they are looking sharp, and I am optimistic. You were very keen on Patson Dacker all summer, raving reviews about him, and unfortunately he's headed off to Leicester now, but um, I understand where you're coming from from that point of view. Do you think that Klopp's going to stick to his 
three up top strategy? And if so, which of the four do you think is going to spend most of the time on the bench? Yeah, I, d I don't get it when people talk about plan A, plan B, because, um, you know, in a 90 minute match, uh, when you're playing 60 odd games a season, you know, you've you've got to have a plan A to plan Z and Klopp does have that. The only thing we don't have is this athletic out and out striker, you know, a Lukaku-esque or, uh, as you mentioned, Dakar. Um we don't have that, um, but it doesn't deter from what we do. We do score goals and we do have uh, the midfielders chipping away. I'm pretty optimistic that um, Henderson coming back, um, he's going to allow Thiago to slightly move forward and uh, Naby Keita in, in midfield is um, looking pretty strong this preseason. So I'm quite optimistic we're going we're gonna to score a few more goals. I would, as I say, like to get another uh, top class athletic striker in but um, when you consider how much we've paid for Salah Mane and Firmino uh, under 100 million and Lukaku has gone this summer for the same price um, you can see what we're up against yeah so you mentioned Henderson's arrival and how that might help uh, Thiago flourish I think Let's dive into him now. He's He arrived with massive expectations from Bayern Munich and I thought towards the end of the season he actually worked really well with Fabinho. Um, they had a nice connection in midfield and he offers really strong ball progression, chance creation, even if the number of assists he got didn't reflect these numbers. Um, one thing to watch out for next season was cross-field passes from the right to the left. Um, Unfortunately, for from Trent's point of view, this ate into his crossfield balls, which is his most di distinctive pass type. But how do you see them two um, working together and linking up? Who, who's that? Trent? Thiago and Trent. Yeah. Thiago. I mean, you know, Trent has is looking really good this preseason. He's put on a bit of weight. He's bulked up. Um, I think he's gotten over the disappointment of not making um, the England squad this summer. And, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, Thiago, people forget he got a bad injury against Everton, which put him out early on. I mean, that same Everton game where Virgil uh, got injured by Jordan. Um, so, you know, that upset the rhythm. And then Fabinho, by the time he came back, Fabinho moved back into defence. Uh, Henderson was out injured. So he was playing with uh, Milner and at points uh, Shakiri. Cater was injured and um, Ox was playing kind of in and out. So it's all about momentum and it's all about uh, consistency. Um, but no, I'm looking forward to Trent's uh, crosses from the right and obviously Robbo's from the left. And um, we've got Big Virgil back um, and I'm looking forward to his uh, boom boom passes, as we call them. Yeah, you're going to be missing um, Robertson's attacking output from the left for the first few games of the season. We're going to see uh, Simakas, the Greek backup for him, fill in. What are your thoughts on him? I don't think Robbo will be out for too long, uh, perhaps three, four matches. Um, but uh, Simakas has looked good in pre-season. Um, he's an attacking, uh, playing left back. He's comfortable on the ball. He's got a bit of pace um, and he's got uh, an understanding with with the other three, the other four in in defence. So I'm not too concerned at this stage. Let's see how things go, progress. Um, but uh, I've I've got every faith in him. 
Um, another player who needs replacing, but for a different reason other than injury, he's actually left the club now, Ginny Wijnaldum. He was so integral to your team and he was one of the first signings under Jurgen Klopp. Does he need replacing? And if so, who with? Yeah, good question. I mean, um, Ginny, for me, was a fantastic player, very underrated player. You know, he moved to Newcastle for 30 million and a lot of eyebrows were raised at the time. But um, with Ginny, you get what exactly exactly what it says on the tin. You know, he can control a midfield, he can uh, attack, he can link, he can uh, pass, he can tackle. And he's even headed like we've seen in, you know, the, 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 the fantastic game against Barcelona at Anfield. Um, so we're definitely going to miss Ginny. But I'd actually like to see something different come in if we're going to replace him I mean you know once again funds are an issue but uh, if we do bring someone in I'd like to see someone a little bit different to what Ginny did right okay um, any specific qualities you'd like them to have obviously we've he heard Renato Sanchez from Lille earmarked for the role um, anyone else you had in mind I mean, I remember Sanchez when he was at Swansea and uh, he um, he pretty much struggled uh, for long periods, but he's gone to Lille now and uh, he's been in a title-winning team and uh, he's made a big name for himself. He looks a good player. Um, obviously, he's grown. He's grown his stature. Um, he's quite similar to Ginny in many respects. There's also talk of uh, Saul from Atletico Madrid coming over. Um, a guy who's been at his boyhood club for, for you know the majority of his life. Um, how will he manage? How will he cope leaving Spain and coming to sunny Liverpool and uh, you know fitting into the system? Um, that'll be interesting. I mean, if we can get him for, for the figures quoted, then might be worth a punt. But the guy that I'm quite interested in, um, it's looked at around about 45 to 50 million and, 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 and that's um, Yves Basuma at uh, my hometown club of uh, Brighton. I've seen him a fair bit. I remember seeing him in, in his first season and um, he had a lot of potential and now he seems to be fulfilling it. He's got all the attributes to be a top midfield player and um, I think he's made for the Premiership. Yeah, I like the look of Yves Basuma. Um... I'm quite shocked actually that no team has come in for him so far as of yet in the transfer window. Um, but another name I'm going to throw into the hat is Nico Barella Inter. I think he could be a great option, especially for a club that's on the verge of bankruptcy, having to sell all their assets. And Barella's your all-action, box-to-box type midfielder who can make things happen. I think for 40 million or so, if Liverpool were to put a bid in, he'd be a great fit. And Inter a desperate to sell you know at the right price they'd be willing to sell any players we saw with Lukaku Lautaro Martinez has been linked with clubs so yeah what do you think of him after seeing him win the Euros obviously yeah I mean um, uh, Italy and Italian players are obviously in the in the spotlight at the moment they've done exceptionally well um, they're a good team they're a well-drilled team um, I like uh, Barella I like Chiesa you know they're good players but um, my only fear with them is traditionally Italian players struggle in the Premiership. Uh, we had a guy called Aquilani many, many years ago. A few of the older viewers, if there are any out there, would, um, would recognise the name. And uh, a fantastic, majestic player, but he struggled big time. You know, uh, We've had Dosena, uh, one of the right backs, who um, only did well 
in his final season. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one. I mean, I'd still think if we're going to spend 40, 50 million, then um, I, I think there are probably players in the Premiership more suited. Someone you have splashed out money on for, though, is Kanate, uh, who came in for around 32 million earlier in this summer. Um, he hasn't actually played a full season since 18-19 for Leipzig, but that that Leipzig defence had the best record in the Bundesliga that season. He seems like a front foot defender, similar to Matip in many respects, enjoys ball progression and is strong in the air, but I fear he may take time to settle in, you know. Um, I had looked into his passing stats and the range he has, and it seems like he favours short and sideways passes, and we all know that Klopp likes his centre-back to play cross-switches to the full-backs because obviously Robertson and Trent are so potent in the system. So how do you think he's going to settle in? Is he first choice? Uh, that's a tough one to say. I mean, um, obviously Gomez is coming back from injury. Uh, Matip, who uh, a lot of people still don't understand. I think I think he's actually a very good player. He plays well alongside Virgil. Um, as far as Canati is concerned, I mean, he's only 21. You know, he, he, he's a French international. Um, he's done well at Leipzig and he is athletic. He's a bit of a beast and uh, he can tackle, he can head, he can uh, he can do all of those. Um, it will be a betting in process. I think uh, he won't start the season, but he'll be on the bench and he'll be ready to come on. And I've seen some of those uh, long ball passes, actually. He did one just the other day, I think, for uh, Minamino to um, uh, go on and uh, uh, score a goal. So I'm, I'm looking forward to him, but I don't think he'll he'll start the season. Sure, yeah. Um, might take some time to settle in, as, as you mentioned. Um, now let's talk about where you think Liverpool are going to finish next season. <laughs> uh, $64 million question. Um Top four, for definite. I'm hoping we'll finish as champions. Um, it's going to be tough, you know, when you look over to, to Manchester and um, you see them signing players for 100 million in Grealish and uh, 73 odd million in Sancho, um, Varane, Harry Kane. You know, those two teams are, are, are the big spenders and so they're the ones that uh, I think we're going to have to catch. I also think uh, Chelsea are going to be uh, going to have a great season this year. Just already won the Super Cup just the other day, and um, if you look at their squad depth, I mean it's it's absolutely ridiculous. They've got two top players for practically every position, so it's going to be tough. Definitely top four. I'd love to see us again as champions um, with perhaps another one or two signings and a bit of good luck along the way. I I. I, there's every possibility. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm, I've made a small predictions table and I've got Liverpool City in third place in mind. I just think City, especially if they get Harry Kane, which is entirely possible, now they've added Grealish too, just look so strong again. And yeah, as you mentioned, Chelsea on the two call, they're just a new, different animal now. So it will be hard for Liverpool, but if they can get up to the standards of two seasons ago, then they could put themselves in the mix. Um, now let's talk about who you think could win Player of the Year. Overall, uh, a lot of good players, obviously, out there. Um, 
I mean, you've got to look at players like Grealish and Sterling and uh, uh, De Bruyne, you know, when he comes back from injury. Um, you know, is Virgil van Dijk going to settle back in defence? Is he going to have an outstanding season? I mean, Dias, a defender, won it last year, so there's every possibility. But my actual guy, I mean, I've, I think Chelsea are going to do pretty well this year. And um, I like the goalkeeper, Mendy. Um, he's probably the goalkeeper that they haven't had there for, for a number of years. And, um, you know, if a goalkeeper can win it, then why not him? Yeah, bold shout. Um, do you have any breakout players you expect to play a part in this season? Any young youngsters? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously at Arsenal you've got a few. You've got um, uh, Smithrow and you've got Saka. Saka after the disappointment of uh, missing the penalties, uh, penalty at the championships. Um, I think those two have got a lot of potential. Um, at Liverpool we've got young Harvey Elliott who's only 17. I mean, he's looked outstanding in pre-season. And there's a lot of hype about him. He went out on loan to Blackburn last last year, and uh, I think he had the most stats in the highest stats in in the championship overall. So he's another one to look out for. Uh, Brentford's uh, Tony. Uh, he looks good. Uh, I've I've followed his career actually over the years, and uh, I've always rated him. Um, and I think coming into the Premiership with Brentford, he's going to want to make his mark, and uh, he's one to look out for. Whether he can sustain. Uh, the the momentum all season remains to be seen, but um, a lot of lot of good young players out there, and um, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. Um, and any any other teams, you know, dark horses who you expect to shock a few people. Um, if you're looking outside of the, the the traditional top six, then I think Villa. Um, they've spent a lot of money. They've spent most of the Grealish money on good players. They've reinforced the midfield and uh, up front with uh, Ings, the Ings purchase. I think uh, Leicester as well. Yeah, um, you mentioned uh, Villa there. So obviously their managing director, director of football, Christian Perslow, was your sort of CEO at the time Mm -hmm. at Liverpool. That's right. Um, I really liked his video actually where he explained where the funds were going from from Jack Grealish's sale um, and yeah what are your thoughts on him and his time because I think he's received a lot of positive press in the past couple of weeks how he's handled it all. yeah I mean I never saw that video of him um, he's always been a transparent sort of guy but um, you know he was he was at Liverpool at a time when the club was going through a bit of turmoil with uh, Hicks and Gillette the, the the Dallas Cowboys who came in and took charge and almost took us to the brink of bankruptcy. So unfortunately, I don't have much trust or faith in, in, in the people behind the scenes at the time, um, at, at that time at Liverpool. Um, but he's he's done well at Aston Villa. He's uh, increased his reputation once again. He's a well-spoken person. And, you know, as I say, Villa have spent that money wisely, it, it would appear. So onwards and upwards. Yeah, I I understand what you're saying. That makes sense. Um, I I wish Villa the best this season as well. Obviously, it's going to be hard to replace Grealish, but I think Ings, Bailey, and Buendia are all great signings. And yeah, hopefully they can push into the top ten. Yeah, and um, we'll be rooting for our hometown club Brighton as well, who plays great football. You've got a season ticket this season, 
So when Brighton play Liverpool and Mane Salah will come to the Amex, you're going to be sitting in your seat quietly cheering on Liverpool, I'm sure. But definitely, I mean, I'll have my uh, uh, pie in one hand and a hot cup of uh, cocoa in the other. Um, shouting and supporting Liverpool, obviously, but not too much because I, I will be in the Brighton end. Uh, but um, yeah, no, coming to Brighton, I think Potter is a fantastic manager. He's a young manager. He showed last last year exactly what sort of uh, style he's going to play at Brighton and um, didn't get a lot of the results that they deserved at the time. But um, he's going to be a manager who I think will go on to bigger and better things. And they've got a good squad at Brighton, you know, and they've got a fantastic stadium. It's a, a community club and um, yeah. I hope they do well and I think they could possibly finish in the top 12 this year. Yeah, great. Hopefully they sign a striker. Um, well, that concludes our Liverpool pod today. Thanks for coming on and speaking about it and hope to have you on soon. Thank you, Josh. Thanks for having me and um, I really enjoyed it. Cheers. Bye.